The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 41. Disturbing the Peace. Tuesday morning's class was once again disturbed by a knock on the door. But when Paris answered it, instead of an outraged husband, stood a very irritated-looking sheriff. Good morning, sheriff. How can I help you? Paris asked. The sheriff put his hand on the door and pushed it all the way open as he walked in. What's going on here? Sir, the bar is closed. This is a private class. Paris answered him. If you come back... When the bar is open, we can answer any questions then. We'll even give you something to eat on the house. But right now, you're disturbing my class. And what are you teaching? Dance lessons. Paris said, and the girls giggled. The sheriff walked past Paris to stand at the bar across from Penthesilia. Because that's not the story I've been told. I've been told that you're fighting in here. Not us. We're all friends here. Penthesilla took down a glass and opened a bottle. She poured a little whiskey into the glass and then slid it over to the sheriff. I can't imagine what you're referring to. Who's been fighting? There have been complaints, the sheriff explained. Complaints? By who? asked Penthesilia. People have been talking. Which people? About what? I don't think you understand, Celia. I have warned you. Any more fighting in this bar for any reason, and I will shut it down. I will contact William and tell him, until you are removed, this establishment is closed. So you keep trying to push this and play innocent. You're going to find yourself on the street. You go ahead. You contact William. You tell him all about how you want him to throw me out. You go ahead. Whine and cry and tell him that life is unfair. Let's see whose side he takes. Now, if you don't have anything specific you need this morning, the bar is closed until 9 a.m. and you're disturbing the class. Don't test me, Celia. You got a smart mouth. Keep it up and find out what you earn with it. The sheriff threatened. I plan to. Goodbye, sheriff. Been pleasant seeing you this morning. Penthesilia pulled the glass of whiskey away from him. The sheriff turned from the bar and began to walk out of the saloon. But as he passed Paris, he stopped. She's not your friend. She ain't nobody's friend. Unless they have the money to pay for it. The sheriff told her. Paris watched him leave and then started her class up again. When it was over and the girls were saying goodbyes, Paris went to ask Penthesilia. Okay, what was that about? Paris took the glass of whiskey that the sheriff had left untouched. She sipped on it. That prick. He's just mad because I left him for William. Who's William? He owns the bar. He's got a lot of money and, I don't know, he gave me this bar as a present. That sort of thing has a way of, you know, opening up my affections. So we kind of got involved and I kind of maybe didn't exactly tell the sheriff about it right away. He might have found out while we were still together. Wait. You were dating the sheriff when you started to see some guy named William, who bought you this bar, and when the sheriff found out you were cheating on him, 
he dumped you. Yeah, that's about it. Except we weren't dating. We were engaged. Oh, shit. Exclaimed Paris. Yeah. Oh, shit. Agreed Penthesilia. Celia, love, you left out the best part. Cynthia added as she took her place standing next to Paris. What's the best part? Asked Paris. William is Cassandra's father, Cynthia admitted. Oh, shit, Paris added. I know, cheated on her fiancé, broke up her engagement, stole her best friend's man, and for all of that, she was rewarded with, ta-da, a bar of her own. And we call Naomi a whore. Cynthia, I deserve that. But I really am truly sorry. You think I care anymore, Celia? You can keep that piece of shit. I know what his affections cost you, so... So let's not pretend that you got the best part of this deal. Cynthia, could you please? I just want Whiskey Girl to know what she's getting herself into. It's Anna. Well, Anna, whatever you do, don't leave your boyfriend alone with her. Yeah, well, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Paris said as she downed the last of the whiskey and walked back to the kitchen. Damn it, Cynthia. What did I say? She's got her own problems right now. You can't go around poking everybody in their sore spots and then wonder why they're upset with you. Oh, she lost her boy? Not her boy, no. Oh, oh, I see. And they... They broke up, Penthesilia said. She poured just a couple sips of whiskey into Paris's glass and handed it to Cynthia. Maybe you should go apologize. Cynthia entered the kitchen. Paris was placing loaves of bread into the oven. Hey, I'm sorry if I offended you, she said as she held the whiskey out for Paris to take. I'm not offended. You want to talk about it? I'm okay. I really am. Paris said as she drank the glass of whiskey and set it to the side. Are you? Because it's like eight in the morning and you've already had two glasses. Sometimes it's better to feel it than to try and hide from it. Feel what? The pain, whiskey girl. I'm fine. She made her decision, and I'm fine. It's okay not to be. You're strong, I can see that. But everything is lighter if you have a friend that can help you carry the load. I'm... Was all Paris could say before the words caught in her throat. She began to cry and fell into Cynthia, who held her. It's... Better this way. She'll take care of Edgar. They'll have children. The children can have my old room. They can have the ranch. And my parents will have grandchildren to play with. My father loves children. He's a good teacher. And my mother is kinder than he pretends. It's going to be perfect for them. They're going to be happy. They don't need me. I break up that cemetery. I'm an abnormality. I don't fit. If I remove myself, then there will be peace. They can be happy. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Cynthia brushed Paris's hair with her hand as she cried. She held her. Go ahead. Cry all you want. You deserve it. You earned it. She assured her. Paris kept crying until slowly she let Cynthia go 
and sat down on the kitchen table. Tell me, what did you mean by what his affections cost her? Paris asked, and she wiped her eyes with a cloth napkin. William can be sweet and nice. He's very rich, and he comes off charming at first. He offers you the world, a better job, a place to stay, this bar, and then his affection changes. When you're alone, he gets rough. He doesn't exactly beat you. He just enjoys his pleasures with a little more passion than a lot of the girls can take. Afterwards, it's always about how much he loves you, how much he's going to do for you, how he's going to marry you, he's going to move you into his mansion, he's going to raise your children, but instead he disappears for like months at a time. When he comes back, he acts like he was never gone, and if you mention it, he gets mad, he walks out. I didn't know the extent of it. I didn't understand what was really happening until he left me for Celia. We had been together like that for nine years. And once he was truly gone, once I knew he would never come back for me, I was overjoyed. All of his promises were finally broken. I was no longer hoping for something I knew would not happen. I'm happier now. And you can never tell her, but I'm actually grateful Celia stole him from me. Now, really, I'm more worried about her. Are you going to stay working here? <laughs> working at one bar that William owns or working at another bar that William owns? It doesn't really matter. It's still his money. It'll be fun to see the look in his eyes when he comes back and finds that Celia and I are working together. He's a very suspicious man. So, yeah, I decided to keep working here. Besides, I talked Celia into paying me twice what I was making before. Also, I can keep an eye on her. And you. Cynthia picked up the napkin from the table and wiped Paris's eyes carefully with it. Cassandra has offered to be my kitchen assistant. In exchange, she wants me to teach her how to shoot. I know. She told me. Go for it, whiskey girl. I stopped a long time ago trying to tell that girl what to do. She always knows best. And she's as wild as a Mustang. You know what she asked me for yesterday? No, what? She wants a pair of boys' trousers like yours. Cynthia laughed. Really? Yeah, you have my permission to teach her whatever she'd like. But make sure she works for it. How you feeling now? I'm better. Thank you. Funny. I never really did tell anyone that before. Somehow it feels better having said it. I'll be here for you anytime you need. You don't need to be sad. You're young, and you may act like you're a thousand years old, but you still have lots of time to find someone new. I better get to work. I'll send in your assistant. Cynthia stood from the table and walked from the kitchen. She caught Cassandra's eyes and pointed to the kitchen. The girl jumped up and ran. Cynthia stood next to Penthesilia. Hey, I wanted to... Cynthia began. Don't bother. I was listening. Penthesilia interrupted. Then you're okay too? Yeah, I'm okay. And William's not that bad. I know, I know. So who was the girl? Pollyanna. The little waitress that used to work in the restaurant down by the library... 
Oh, I get it now. And who's Edgar? Whiskey Girl's brother. Oh, shit! exclaimed Cynthia. Yeah, oh, shit! agreed Penthesilia. Well, she's our girl now, Cynthia replied. Yeah, I guess she is, agreed Penthesilia. The next day, while working in the bar, Paris began to hear a familiar song in the background. It was a chorus of voices. It had similar phrases, and the verses all sounded the same. There she is, someone would say, but when Paris would turn to see who it was, no one would be looking at her. Did she really? Someone would ask, but again, not directly at her. And who said it? She couldn't tell. I heard she. Can she really? That's not what I heard. The song was the same. She heard it back home. She heard it in school, and now she heard it here. But here there was a new chorus. They call her Whiskey Girl. Whiskey Girl. She didn't really know how to feel about that. She imagined she deserved the name. She had tried to stop people from using it, but even those people who tried to stop slipped back into it eventually. Paris went to Penthesilia. She stood at her place behind the bar and asked, What's going on? What is everyone talking about? Oh, Elone's husband. People found out that she kicked him. Everybody thinks it's you that beat him up. I thought I did beat him up. Rumor has it you beat him up both times. Now word is, he's going around looking for you. But I don't think he's looking very hard, because you've been here the whole time. Huh. Then I think I'll just hide in the kitchen. My mother always told me never to stand out in the open when someone's looking for you. <laughs> That's probably wise. I'll go in there if I need you. Thanks, Celia. Anytime, whiskey girl. Um, by the way, the name. It's Anna. It might help if people knew I had a real name. Paris speculated. Penthesilia took Paris's glass from where she kept it. She set it on the bar and filled it halfway with whiskey. She slid it over till it sat in front of her. You walk back into that kitchen without touching this glass, and I will stop calling you whiskey girl. Fuck you, Celia. Paris took the glass with her back to the kitchen. Only in your dreams, whiskey girl, Penthesilia called back to her. On the other side of town, in a different bar, a similar song was being sung. That's him there. She kicked him out. He was beaten by a girl. This time, it was Aloni's husband that tried to turn to see who was talking. But the whispers always stopped at his attention. There was just a little more quiet in every room he came into, and there was always a hesitation in people's response to his questions. But no one would speak directly to him, except the sheriff. The sheriff asked him straight up. That girl kicked your ass then? No girl kicks my ass. Come on, Thomas. Don't lie to me. Why are you favoring your left arm? Just tell me what happened, and we can go do something about it. No girl kicked my ass. This is ridiculous. I can hold my own against some waif. She may have gotten a shot in, but I promise I took my pound of flesh. Did you? You remember it was me that drug you out of that place a week ago? No girl kicks my ass. Then prove it. Go over there and prove it. The sheriff pulled out his wallet. He set five dollars on the table. 
$5 says you won't walk out of there on two feet. Are you suggesting I go over and start a fight? No, I'm suggesting you're too chicken to go over there and start a fight. To back that up, I'm putting $5 on it. You know, some people are saying that it was your wife that beat you down. Fuck you, Richard. Thomas picked up the $5 bill and stuck it in his pocket. He grabbed his hat, adjusted it, and stormed out. The sheriff followed. Then the rest of the bar followed both of them. Thomas entered the Amazon. He was slightly drunk and followed by a procession of men, including the sheriff. He walked straight through the dining room and up to the bar, pounding his fist on it. He demanded, Where is she? Get her out here. Where's who? asked Penthesilia. She could see the sheriff standing behind him. That girl with the boy's clothes. I'm going to prove there ain't no girl in this town that could beat me. I'm sorry, but she's not here. And even if she were here, there's no fighting in this bar. Right, Sheriff? Penthesilia asked. The sheriff didn't answer. I'm calling her out. Nobody spreads lies about me. Thomas said, face red, fist clenched. There was a loud crash of pans from the kitchen, as if they had fallen from the rack. Penthesilia looked back for a second and then continued arguing. Who's lying? I was there. Do you want me to tell everybody the truth of what happened? Do you want me to tell them who really kicked your ass? Fuck you. Fuck you and this piece of shit bar you run. This is your last chance before I start taking a piece out of this place. Thomas took a cup from the bar and threw it against the wall. It shattered. Sheriff, are you going to do something about this? The sheriff said nothing. There was again a crash of pans from the kitchen. Sorry, I have to go find out what's going on in the kitchen. Can you hold this nonsense for a moment? Penthesilia left them there. She peeked into the kitchen to see that Paris had a large cookie sheet above her head and was about to throw it onto the ground. Get in here, Paris instructed as Penthesilia entered the kitchen. What are you, drunk again? I'm dealing with something. Make the match. What? Make the match. He wants a fight? I'll fight him. Do it. So the sheriff can shut this place down? It's just what he's waiting for. Make it legit. An honest-to-God boxing match. We'll do it Friday night. If it's not a bar brawl, then the sheriff has no right to shut us down. Go get a permit from the mayor. Whatever it takes. You think you can take him? Are you kidding? I could take him drunk with three other friends. I think I could take him one-on-one pretty easily. Is there any money in this? My uncle bought an entire town with the money he earned promoting my father. Okay, whiskey girl. Just stay hidden. It's... It might be a good idea for you to go upstairs. Just don't be around for this. Penthesilia instructed. Paris agreed. She took off her apron and threw it to Cassandra, who was watching wide-eyed and excited. Penthesilia walked out of the kitchen and back into the bar. The men were still waiting. All right, cowboy. You calling out my girl? I think I can arrange something. But she doesn't fight for free. She's a professional. You want your shot at her? We'll have a match Friday night. The bar will put up $20, and all you have to do is match it, and you have your fight. What? A prize fight. The bar puts up $20, you put up $20, whoever wins the match gets to keep the purse, all $40. I don't have $20. Well, I see. Now suddenly, you would have to put your money on it. The wind is out of your sails. 
Everything you said about not letting a girl beat you, about being able to beat any girl, was that all a bluff? You fold if anybody actually asks you to prove your strength, don't you? I guess they weren't lies after all. No girl beats me. My girl can. And I'm willing to put up $20 to say so. How about you? Penthesilia waited. Thomas looked back at the sheriff. The sheriff nodded yes. Okay, Friday night. I'll have the money. You bring the girl. Thomas agreed. Sheriff, we're going to have a boxing exhibition on Friday. It's not a bar brawl. It's a legitimate match. You don't have any problems with that, do you? Would you like me to shut down the event? Penthesilia stared at the man. I don't see any need to shut down an organized event. The sheriff agreed. You hear that, everyone? The sheriff is co-hosting a prize fight. Friday night, here at the Amazon. Isn't that right, sheriff? Penthesilia yelled out at the bar. As long as it stays civil. Civil. I'm always civil. That's what my mama used to call me. Celia, be civil. Now, Sheriff, Thomas, if you don't mind, please fuck off. Penthesilia said with a big smile on her face. The Sheriff pulled Thomas back from the bar. They left, taking most of the parade of instigators with them. But some of them smelled the food. They saw the other patrons enjoying their meals and decided to stay. Cynthia stepped up to the bar. What are you doing, Celia? It was Whiskey Girl's idea. And it's a better way to decide this than having him sneak in or charge in here one day after her. So I agreed. You know, it's a trap. Well, maybe. But we're all behind her, right? She said she can do it. I haven't seen anything to suggest she can't. It's not the fight I'm worried about. It's the sheriff. I know. But don't worry. I can take care of the sheriff. Penthesilia looked behind her to see that Cassandra was peeking through the kitchen door. If you know where she went, go ahead and tell her that she has her match. Penthesilia instructed Cassandra. The girl's face disappeared and the door closed. How much are you planning to charge to see the match? A dollar a head. A dollar? That's outrageous! Who's gonna pay that? There's nothing else going on in this town. People are going to pay that just so they have something to do for once. I've seen them put more than that in the collection plate. This isn't a church, Celia. No, it's not. This is my bar. So, if you see the Lord waiting at the door Friday night, he better bring his wallet. Or he, his weird kid, and that creepy ghost of his, they can all fuck off. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee, artwork by Helen Lee, performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at Helen of the Iron Horse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you. <laughs>